Hey there, and greetings from Montana to the entire Detroit Lions podcast crew. My name is Michael Gray, and uh, big thanks to Chris and Jeff and Scott and all of the reasons they may have had to invite me into this party, but I'm excited to do this. I haven't had a chance to talk sports or the Lions in some years, and uh, all of a sudden, find myself with a football team worth rooting for. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. I want to get into why Brad Holmes' recent heel turn, that's a pro wrestling reference for those of you like me that have never grown up, Uh, might be the single biggest reason to have legitimate, actual hope for this team moving forward. That there's a plan. Not the, it could be any team, any year, or the sun even shines on a dog's ass some days kind of hope, but real live hope. Uh, First, uh, a little bit about me. Um, Did Sports Talk Radio in West Michigan. If you're in the West Michigan area over there where Risden lives, um, you might remember my time at WBBL. Um, I also grew up in the Detroit area in Oakland County in the shadow of the Silverdome. I played a couple of football games there, saw a lot of football at the Silverdome. Uh, Michigan Panthers, the original Michigan Panthers of the original USFL. Think like, you know, Anthony Carter and Bobby Bear and John Corker and all of those guys. And of course, a uh, long time, long suffering uh, Lions fan who, like any Lions fan, is looking for any reason for hope. And that's what brings me to uh, Brad Holmes and what we've seen from the general manager, uh, not just this year, although specifically this year, this year is a little, a little different. He's, he's taken the mask off a little bit. The, the aw shucks process guy is all of a sudden showing people his more competitive side. And I think that's really, really important. Um, but also a guy that for the first time is in my life anyway, for the first time, is willing to do it his way, ignore all of the, uh, all of the standard hallmarks of how you're supposed to conduct a team in the offseason. And it's, you know, as, we re- as I record this now, it's, it's March. It's a perfect time of year to make a bunch of predictions and look really, really stupid. And a lot of people and a lot of media outlets are going to do just that. I try to stay out of the prediction business, although I've got a couple, and uh, concentrate more on just exactly what the process is. Now, last time I was in Allen Park covering this team, um, Tom Lewand was running around and not inspiring confidence with any of the things that he was doing to run this squad. And I can't imagine a more 180 degree turn. I, I honest to God, I, I wasn't sure in my lifetime that I would ever see it. My dad passed away some years ago, never saw it. And plenty of Lions fans have come and gone in the time it's taken this team to seemingly kind of get it together and put together a plan. Now let's talk first about what we know from Brad. What has he done? Well, he traded a superstar quarterback. He went ahead and brought in Jared Goff, a guy a ton of people, myself included, had zero faith in, none. And he stuck by him. And we've seen what's happened there, that he saw something in this guy and he was going to build around him and he knew what he needed. And he had a hell of a year this year. See if he can duplicate that. I know I imagine I'll get my chance to argue with Riz and get him to roll his eyes a few times at some of the things I think about that. But he's absolutely stuck by his dude. He didn't, he didn't try to buy his way out of a terrible roster. That's another thing. 
I mean, look no further than the Chicago Bears and all of the money they're spending. And the classic mistakes that get made by NFL teams every year when they try to buy their way to contention. You got to draft your way to a roster. And it's hard to overstate how bad Quinn and Patricia left this team in terms of roster construction and overall talent. He didn't try to buy his way out of it. He bit down, knew it was going to suck. It sucked. And in two years' time, has flipped the thing and now has found another year for this year, which is what we're seeing. He traded up for a guy with an injury. You're not supposed to do that. All, all of the draft Knicks will tell you, you don't trade up for a guy that you're not going to get a full season out of in the first round. But he did just that with Jamison Williams. He has gone after superstars, stud players in the first round, difference makers, which is why I think a lot of the draft predictions this year are going to look pretty foolish at the end of the day. Because this guy wants stars and he's not paying attention to your positional value chart. I mean, anybody that thinks he can't go corner and D-line in the first round because they signed a couple in free agency, I think is fooling themselves. What else has he done? He's traded in the division twice. That's, that's something you're not supposed to do. He traded in the division in the draft. He traded Hawkinson to the Vikings at the time when he knew he wasn't going to use him. He was not going to pay him. Get something for him while you can. What did we hear about the Patriots for all of those years? They don't let the wheels fall off of players. They get rid of them while there's still some tread on the tires. And you're seeing that with Brad Holmes. The most recent example, what he did with Jamal Williams. I know it's split fans, and I know people are pissed. Fan favorite, had a hell of a season, wasn't going to be worth the money that he was going to command. And obviously, whatever happened with the negotiations left a sour taste in Jamal's mouth. And watching that worm turn has been uh, interesting, to say the very least. But he's not emotional with these players. And he's not emotional with his roster. He wants to get better, period, full stop. And we have seen the Lions sign emotional contracts. We've seen the Lions keep management for emotional reasons and personal reasons that superseded the team. And don't look now, but it hasn't worked. 30-plus years since the last playoff win, the last championship was in the black and white era. Uh, you're seeing all of the hallmarks of sound management from Brad Holmes based on all of the moves that he's made. Now, what's changed? The heel turn. He shows up to the Combine wearing a shirt that says villain on a Lions logo, had it custom made, refused to answer questions about what it meant. I think it's pretty clear what it meant because he said it was for him and his scouting department. They're coming for you. Brad Holmes is sneaky competitive. Go back and watch any of the footage of him in the draft room when he gets a guy that he wants, when they got Panay Sewell, when they landed Agent Aiden Hutchinson. Watch him wearing out the shoulders of his staff, giving out high fives. This guy's sneaky competitive. Dan Campbell gets all of the run because of the hard knocks and doing the up-downs and all of the other stuff. But I think Brad Holmes has been given a little bit of a pass without people realizing just exactly how competitive he is. And now he's leaning into that villain energy. He's coming for you. He wants to build a team that makes people pay. And that's not something that we've ever seen. Which brings me to the, the prediction part. This is, this is where I'll get to look like an idiot, like everybody else making predictions. The only thing that will surprise me in the draft is if the Lions actually pick at 6, 18, 48, and 59. Those first four picks in the first and second round. Brad Holmes has proven that he'll trade up, he'll trade down, 
Would it be a shock if he found a way to get up to three to get Will Anderson where the Cardinals are sitting? No. Anybody that tells you there's no way he'll draft a running back in the first round isn't paying attention. Bijan's a special player, potentially a generational special player. And I know a lot of people with a lot of draft cred will tell you that they'll eat their hat before a running back goes in the first round. But you win the game by scoring points. Look no further than the Jamison Williams trade. My man did not hesitate to go get a player he believed was going to be a difference maker in the offense. There's no reason to think that he won't do it again. You can call it Kool-Aid. You can call it whatever you want. This guy is doing different business and has this team running differently. I mean, the hard knocks, I mentioned the hard knocks thing. I forgot all about that. He used it as a marketing campaign. They not only leaned into something that other teams actively avoid, but he used it as a chance to market his squad to free agents, understanding the full scope of the advertisement that he was being given by HBO. That's when Jamal Williams became a star. That's when Aaron Glenn and Deuce Staley became known to the rest of the football world, 31 other fan bases that don't pay attention to the Lions because they haven't been worth paying attention to in years, all of a sudden they're sitting up and paying attention and now they're the odds-on favorite to win the NFC North. It's a really fun time to be a Lions fan. And having said that, thanks again to Chris and Jeff, Scott, and the rest of the crew at DLP for inviting me in on this. I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking to those guys. Hopefully I can conjure up something uh, from you know the time I spend, and it's entirely too much time, you can ask my kids, uh, on this football team. It's, the hooks get in. Lions fans know this. I'm one, and I'm really, really looking forward to doing more of these in the future and getting closer and closer to kickoff on the 23 season. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes. <laughs> You've had enough of that shit.